0: Good morning, new community. How's everybody today? You doing well? Glad to see you. I want to welcome you here today. My name is Timothy White, and I will be facilitating this portion of our service. This is Testimony Sunday, so I will set that up and kind of talk about what we will be doing. Uh, A couple things to note, uh, continue to keep our pastors in prayer. Uh, Pastor Michael, he is ministering elsewhere. I believe he's out of town, so please hold him up. Pastor Peter is still on sabbatical, so please continue to pray for our pastors. But welcome once again. Testimony time. I'm going to read from Psalm 136. What we're going to do? We're going to do a call and response. Now, there's only one line that you need to say: "For His mercy endures forever." Can you say that with me? "For His mercy endures forever." So it, will, it, won't, it won't be up on the screen, but as I read, I will motion to you and you will respond to me. Okay? His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. To him who alone does great wonders, to him who by wisdom made the heavens, to him who laid out the earth above the waters, to him who made great lights, he endures. the sun to rule by day, the moon and stars to rule by night, to him who struck Egypt in their firstborn and brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, as mercy endureth forever, and made Israel pass through the midst of it, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who struck down great kings and slew famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his servant, who remembered us in our lowly state, And rescued us from our enemies. Who gives food to all flesh. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. So as I mentioned, this is Testimony Sunday. And what this time means is that we get to hear from each other what God is doing, what God has done. Maybe your testimony is one of deliverance. Maybe your testimony points to, maybe God is convicting you of something, challenging you, grooming you, shaping you. Maybe you are still in the midst of a terrible, challenging situation, but you can point to the sustaining power of God. This is what this time is about. And why do we do this? For one, it's to encourage each other. Sometimes we need to hear. It it allows us the opportunity to step outside of our day-to-day lives and hear what else God is doing. Because sometimes we are faced with situations where we forget that God is a healer. We forget that God sets free. We forget that God delivers. And sometimes I need to be reminded again and again, Lord, you still deliver. You still set free. I might be going through a tough time, but you still sustain me. I point back to the the children of Israel because they experienced different aspects of God's power. They, They saw God's mighty hand bring them out of Egypt. And they also saw God's hand sustain them in the wilderness. A testing time, a trying time but God was still there. So you might be in a different place, and you're experiencing different aspects of God's character. But it's for all of us to hear and see that greater picture of who God is. And we can affirm, yes, God does that. God sets free. He delivers. He heals. He hears. He convicts. He challenges. So some instructions. I will give you this microphone. For those who want to, you will come up here to the stage and share what God is doing. Please, three things to note. Be authentic, be brief, which means three to five minutes. So if you were expecting to preach a sermon today, you've been waiting on your chance, this is not that time. So please keep it brief. I'm trying not to make, I might make funny faces at you, but be brief and be Christ-centered. Everything that we tell, whether it's challenging, whether it's joy-filled, we're pointing back to Christ, and we're saying, this is what God is doing. Even if I'm struggling to believe, can I still point to, even if this church helped me believe, I'm, I'm, I'm having a rough time, please pray for me. And our prayer team will be here and and as needed, I might call upon them to pray for some of you if it's needed. But this is an open time. If you would like to share while someone else is speaking, please come to the front rows. Line up.
1: Floor is open. Good morning. Uh, In some ways, I feel like I need to preface by saying there was a time when I regularly attended here and then a time that I did not and about a month ago started again so I might be foreign and new to most people uh, coming up on the two year anniversary of a big two big events getting married and a big, another big event in my life so I've been thinking about it a lot and uh, I think God's been putting it on me to help me with some personal health issues two years ago uh, a week before I was getting married, I got a call that my mom had just had a stroke. Uh, My mom had been living by herself for a while. There was a time my family used to get together and visit her. Every weekend we'd we'd have family time and then that started happening less and less and less. I'd get really occupied with my teacher work. Anyhow, lived by herself, wasn't seeing her a whole, whole lot. There was a couple who that lived in Hammond, Indiana, just outside Chicago, that she spent a lot of time with. They were part of a church family together. Um, and I used to be a part of their church a long time ago. So they regularly interacted, and my mom was actually at their house in Indiana when it happened. So when it happened, fortunately, you know, the husband of that couple was trying to get my mom ready to leave to do something, and she, you know, she wasn't responding. And, uh, was having a difficult time like moving and communicating. I think at one point she was in the bathroom and she wouldn't open the door. And anyhow, they ended up getting her to the hospital. And, uh, you know, so I got the call that she was there in the hospital. And, you know, if you haven't known someone who has a stroke and you just know that term, you know, you just have heard it floating around, you get really, really worried, you get concerned. You're not sure exactly what that means, what's happening. Uh, and I remember being in the hospital and my mom not being able like I think that's the only way I can put it you know just there uh and I'm just saying this now fast forwarding two years of from being in a hospital being in a rehab facility to we decided that it wouldn't be good for her it would be terrible for her to live by herself after that so she actually this couple in Indiana said she can live with us because someone's always home you know she she'd have the attention that she needs whereas I was about to get married my wife and I wouldn't be able to my sister is taking care of a family, she wouldn't be able to. Forgive me, I ramble sometimes. But uh, yeah, looking back through these two years and seeing what God has done for my, my mom's body, uh, she lost like the right side of her body due to the stroke. She was right-handed, you know, so imagine then having to learn to write with her left. She used to be a pianist, a musician, you know. It's kind of gone, kind of. It's it's gone for now, you know. Using a, a computer, you know, but. I can remember seeing my mom unable to walk. And my mom can walk now. Thank you, Jesus. I remember my mom not being able to talk. <laughs> she can talk now. Thank you, Jesus. I just remember seeing my mom two years ago not being able to feed herself and she can eat now. You know, it's all these things. You know, so I myself have a lot of health issues. Been diabetic since I was twelve and I'm 35 now. F- a messed up left shoulder, I'm seeing a therapist for, got arthritis in my ankles. I I could tell you, I got a lot of health issues. And folks are like, You look so healthy, but I'm not. But 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 when I get worried about my health issues, it's great to hear testimonies of other people who've gone through it. I was at a friend's party for his dad who passed away. They have a tribute every year for his dad. And while I'm there, I'm talking to a guy who had surgery on both his shoulders and talking to him about what happened with his shoulders, you know, it gave me encouragement for what's happening with mine, you know. So just want to share that, you know, in the event that it can encourage someone.
2: He just ate, so hopefully he'll sleep a little bit. Um, hi, my name's Jeff. This is Grant. My uh, wife Kristen's in the back. Um, I just wanted to share kind of a, a struggle we've had over the last while, kind of wrestling with, um, you know, whether we stay in the urban environment or try to do something more comfortable. Uh we got robbed last uh summer, neighbors got pistol whipped, uh shootings down our street. Um, we live in uptown. And um it's you know now we got this little guy. It's been kind of an emotional time. We don't want to ignore the emotional fear that is involved with living in an urban environment, but we also want to respond um intentionally, you know. And that balance becomes difficult when you're trying to follow a Lord who has a plan that may not be comfortable or may not you may not even know where you're where it's headed um, and I think the easiest thing for us has been to try to make our own decisions, you know come up with our own options, uh, try to think about it logically and uh, we've been blessed i'd say in the last few weeks specifically with friends to Uh, really kind of um, discuss, open book, kind of what we're facing and, you know, friends that are so passionate about the city and um, then that culminated last weekend with listening to Anthony's message. I don't know if you guys were here for that or not, but it was just incredible timing and um, really inspiring. So I guess um, I I wanted to share that even though we're still, we still have no idea where the Lord's uh, placing us or what the heck we're supposed to be doing but um just knowing that he has us in our hands and uh he has a plan for us whether we know it or not and whether we feel comfortable or not he provides the support and the love that we need
0: lord we thank you that you are the sustainer i pray for jeff and Kristen that you will be with them give them direction we stand with them in this time and that they will continue to point to you, Jesus, continue to look to you. Thank you, Heavenly Father.
3: Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks to you. Good morning, new community. Uh, I don't like public speaking. Uh, the Spirit has had me to choke hold for the last 10 minutes. That's pretty much the best way to describe it. Uh, so there's something that I need to say. That someone out here needs to hear. So as a lot of you, some of you may know, know me more closely, I've been struggling with finances and employment for several years now. Um, It seems like every direction that I try to go in, I run into a closed door. Uh, Every red carpet is a trap door. But through all of that, even though I have been uh, by turns depressed, apathetic, enraged at God, uh, he has never released me. Uh, he has never let me go. The church has always, uh, and the people of God have always provided, he's always provided provision. Somewhere there's the gig there's someone who walks up to me that I don 't know hands me a check uh, there's suddenly work at another church um, uh, there's an email or a text with words of encouragement uh, so I just want to lift him up for always providing even though uh, my heart is not always as open to him as I know it needs to be uh, but I just want to
4: So uh, I know a lot of people out there may be wondering if uh, God is still doing miracles, really miraculous things. Sometimes you can lose faith in that. Uh, Just got married uh, two weeks ago and uh, got back uh, from the honeymoon and we're walking down the street and uh, it's all tow zone construction on one side of the street and I'm like, I know we parked our car here about a week and a half ago and it's going to be towed and we're going to owe the city of Chicago $400 and we just spent all this money on the honeymoon and we're totally done for and it's like, God, just don't let us lose $400. You know what we want to do with it. Just, just, we we know we want to honor you, all this. Get to our car and somehow it's just magically on the other side of the street. Now, is that a miracle? I don't know. I mean, they should have towed it away for $400. It should be in some lot. No taking on it. It's just on the other side of the street. I don't know if God picked it up and put it there, but it's... It's on the other side of the street. And my wife isn't so convinced that, you know, God lifted up the car at 3 a.m. so no one would see it on the other side of the street. But anyway, I don't know what a miracle is or what it isn't, but I do know that there's certain events that have happened in my life that there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that was a miracle. And I was reminded of it uh, at my wedding. My best man was my brother, and he's five years younger than me. And uh, five years ago... um, I'll just go chronologically to keep it short. Um, Basically I was studying for a test just in my apartment all alone and uh, got a phone call from my mom and uh, she said, Drew's been life-flighted to the hospital. And that phrase is something that's always stuck with me as one of the most frightening things I've ever heard. It was the most frightening thing I've ever heard. And I had no idea what that meant. now wife was studying abroad at the time so she was in Spain she wasn't there my roommates weren't there I called her she woke up at what was 3 a.m. and she said run to our good friend's house so I literally ran down the street to our friend's house and she was consoling me but um, we later found out that uh, he was driving the car I used to drive in high school this uh, 98 Z28 convertible Camaro this thing is fiberglass it's like a plastic car that goes really fast And uh, he thought he would impress his friends by driving 130 miles an hour down a 25-mile-an-hour zone. Got airborne. Um, The car flew up, crashed, flipped over multiple times. And this is a ragtop convertible. Doors flew off. Car got entirely pancaked. And what we later found from the photos was there was this tiny little cocoon of space where literally the hand of god was protecting him as he was flying through the air flying upside down sliding along the ground uh, at 135 miles an hour later on he survived only with a few broken ribs uh, bruised lung and minor facial lacerations and no brain damage no spinal damage no any of that and um the thing I, I I attribute this to, and what what's been most profound uh, through this whole experience, was the power of prayer. And my my dad is a, a prayer warrior, and he's constantly praying for our family. And he's he does it in a very very interesting way. He's he's very very literal about it, where he'll actually walk around the house and pray the blood of Jesus like over the doors of the house. And for some reason. One week before this event, he felt the Spirit calling him to just go pray over the cars, pray the pledges over the cars and he was like okay i 'll do that So he did that, and lo and behold, a week later, my brother's still alive today, and he was able to deliver a speech at my wedding that just made everybody really see the power of a miracle and the power of God and how he protected him and and my brother you know he he Turned it towards me and he said that I was really there for him and all this great stuff because it was you know my wedding night and whatever. But really, you know, God absolutely gets the glory for this because there's there's no reason why he should be alive today. And I just wanted to encourage you that miracles really still do happen. Whether that's your car being towed to the other side magically or your brother surviving some far car crash that should have been fatal. Miracles do happen. Keep praying. <laughs>
5: My name is Cole. I don't know about any of you here, but I struggle praying. I don't pray very often. I don't read my Bible on a daily basis. I am not spiritually disciplined. But I'm a counselor, and I work with youth on a, on a daily basis. And so what I do find that is something that I, that, I, that God has gifted me with is loving my kids, even when they are horrible <laughs> to me. Uh, sometimes they are 12- to 20-year-old kids who they are mandated by court or mandated by their parents and they do not want to see my face at all. Uh, and my friend, my coworker back there is laughing because she and I work with the same kids. Um, and, and I want to point out that sometimes we don't know what we're doing for the name of God because about a year ago I was re- leading a group by myself and it's a substance abuse group. So they're not happy to be there. And, uh, they just ripped me apart in that group. They got personal. They told me how I was a horrible counselor and how I didn't know what I was doing and everything I was doing was wrong. And, and I didn't cry in front of them, but went back to my desk and cried and cried and cried. And I, had, I couldn't pull it together. And I even doubted whether or not I should continue being a counselor. And then it wasn't until months and months and months later that one of those kids came back to our services and he was talking to a different counselor and asked if I was still running that group and said to that counselor, God, you know, I was such a jerk to her and she was still nice to me. So we don't always get to hear those things, actually very rarely, it was just a miracle that I even got to hear that at all. But living out the gospel and living out God's love, whether or not you're spiritually disciplined or whether or not you, you know, whether or not it's a challenge or whether or not you're making it happen because you know you have to, that that works you know, and we have that power to be able to do that even though it's a challenge.
6: Good morning, I'm Karen. Um, I just wanted to share this um, journey I've been on for about the past year and a half. Um, In November, I became a mom and I'd had a miscarriage a couple of years prior, and at the time I was um, 41, almost 42. I gave birth when I was 42, so, you know, there were things like uh, I had gestational diabetes, I was older, you know, there were risks involved, but, um, you know, the pregnancy actually went really well, and then we, we have this amazing child, um, Joe. Some of you know him. Um, and during that time... My mom, she had cancer. She had gotten it about a year before. She was a breast cancer survivor, but um, anyway, uh, during the whole birthing process, you know, I had, um, I, w- I was able to pray. Um, she was calling me throughout the time. My husband, Byron, was there the entire time. Um, and more recently, um, I got to go through the dying process. Um, My mom was in hospice from February uh, up until the beginning of June, and um, I learned in the spiritual program I'm in um, how we serve, and, you know, that's such a big part of what we talk about here and what, um, you know, what Jesus has given us, and... um, I was talking to my my spiritual advisor uh, right before I got off the bus to go be with my mom, my dad, and my brother, and she said she said, "There's nothing to be afraid of, you know with death, there's nothing to be afraid of. just go, just be of service and um it was it was hard. I mean, my mom was this incredibly energetic, vibrant person, and just to see her you know Struggling to just even stand up and to try to feed herself. Um, I mean, it was—I don't know. I just—it's hard to put into words, but it's—it was such a contrast from what she had been. And um, so, and it was an honor that I got to be there um, to. And I just feel so grateful that you know I got to experience what I've been told. You know that a couple of the most spiritual experiences one will ever go through are the birth of a child and the death of a loved one. And, um, you know, to have experienced that all in a year and a half is pretty profound. It's been exhausting. It's been exhilarating. Um, and it's been humbling um, and exciting. And there's, there's a lot of mystery there. And, you know, there are times when I question, you know, why did, why did my mom have to go... She was only 70. Um, but the thing that I'm grateful to God about is that she's no longer suffering. And um, there was a really profound day. Two days before she passed, she got to see my son one last time. And then later that day, she told me, she said, I want to die. And, you know, it was just her and me in the room. And we had had some moments of intimacy in the months leading up, I got to make my peace with her and tell her about my wrongs. And um, I felt so close to her and to God at that time. And I had this closeness and intimacy again with her when she told me she wanted to die. And I said, You know, your, your wish will be granted soon. I, I wasn't sure if that was like the, the best thing to say or the best words, but that's just what come, came out of my mouth. And I prayed for her. Um, And two days later, she went. And again, I was the only one in the room when this happened. I was just kind of straightening things up. And I looked over, and I noticed that she wasn't breathing anymore. And, um, you know, it wasn't anything dramatic, but um, it was just, you know, what I learned here and through my spiritual program is to be there. And it doesn't really matter what it's about for me. It's just... You know, it, it, it was an honor, and um, I didn't really see it as a sacrifice. I just saw it more as, you know, I'm, this is for my mom, you know, and God, you know, God gave me the gift of my mom. She gave me the gift of life, and now I have someone that I've given the gift of life to. So um, all I can say is because I do have this relationship with God, um, I've learned, I've, I've given this, been given this gift to be present. So I got, you know, I had this amazing experience being with my son and watching him grow and change, and I had this really amazing experience saying goodbye to my mom. So, thank you.
7: bother wearing my shoes because they're like five inches and I thought who wants to embarrass themselves and fall down the stairs. Um, P.S. the the fact that your car was not towed 100% a miracle. I've paid the city of Chicago a lot of money. A lot of money. Okay so I'm with you on that. Um, I I work with Cole also. Please keep her in your prayers as she continues her journey of being a counselor um, and as she just works through where God is calling her to be. Um, either where we're working or elsewhere. So um, my testimony, I was like you. I just felt like the spirit was like, you better go up there. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Um, My testimony is really about how God um, brings things that are dead to life. And, you know, the last, gosh, it's been three years now, that's just what God has been revealing to me. Um, I come from a really great Nigerian family. Um, We, like every other family, have had our ups and downs. And um, I have a family where, just a family of mental illness, a lot of anxiety and depression. And I have struggled. Y'all don't even know. I have struggled. People in my small group now, people in my small group before have have seen me struggle. And um, my testimony is just about how God... um, where, where something is dead, whether it's your work situation, whether it's your mental health, um, whether it's your social life, he will bring it to life. He will really, like, erase it from the dead like Jesus. Um, for the people who know me really well, I've just had some, some really, really low periods, just weeks where every week at small group, I'd be like, feeling kind of down. Next week, feeling kind of down. Next week, I might switch it up and be like, you know, feeling anxious this week. Then the next week, I'd be like, I'm feeling kind of down. Um, and, you know, God has really, really revived me in, in every setting, in my work setting, um, just given me the wisdom um, day to day and through my small group um, and, you know, just in my community, at home. And it may not sound like a lot, but for, for Cole and I who work with kids and people who struggle with mental illness, it's a battle. Nobody can see. Nobody has any clue how you feel or are you just walking through the day and um, people don't know. So for me, feeling alive at church, at home, with my small group at work, um, is it, just the way in which God has really brought me back to life and how he um, inspires me to continue to give life. So I'm just so grateful and I wanted to share. And I also just wanted to, to publicly thank um, the people in my small group um, the people at my job who just kept praying but also just kept staying with me, you know, when I didn't know if I could feel that God was there. Those are the people who have shown me, you know, God is here. God hasn't God isn't abandoned you. So I'm so grateful um, just for Newcom um, and just for living out its mission and what it's promised to do, um, which is to be a new community Um, for people who are yearning for it and who need it and who want it, um, which is all of us. So thank you all so much. Uh,
8: uh, Good morning. Um, I have a similar story, um, similar encounter with God. Um, So ever since eighth grade, um, my mom has suffered from severe depression. And um, just as a kid, like, Um, Seeing such a like lack of lustre for life or anything, and she would just continuously tell me, you know, Suman, I don't want to live anymore. Um, The only reason I'm here, the only reason I'm living, is for you kids. And to have that burden, um, sorry, on your heart, um, I carried a lot of that with me. And um, um, so she, um, for financial reasons, she would go back to Korea to get treatment. Or attempt to. And she'd come back every year um, somewhat better and a little bit stronger and then something would happen and she would just fall again. Um, and it would just be the cyclical pattern and um, so yeah, one year she finally went back to Korea again and so I barely saw my mom. I saw her maybe like for a week at a time or a couple weeks and she would just continuously go back to Korea. Um, but one year she tried something different. Um, she got off her antidepressants and she decided to just go into a retreat of silence and really depend on God and just pray um, for a long time and um, when she came back after that I've never seen her so happy and it wasn't it wasn't it was so authentic and it was real and it it still lasted to today um, and so I just Throughout that period, um, I learned to trust in the Lord um, because mental illnesses are so debilitating to families, to loved ones, to the person who is um, experiencing it. And um, yeah, I just really encourage anyone who has a loved one or who themselves are going through it to trust in the Lord because He is able. um, Yeah, He is our God and He does love us. Yeah.
9: Good morning, everybody. Well, it's really loud. Um, my name's Nate. Uh, I'm a technical guy. If you, don't, if you don't know me, my wife did announcements. She's pretty awesome. Um, so I just I just went through this this training at work, and they brought in this, like, really high-priced management consultant. It's, this, like, this, this guy who's, like, talking about, like, all these people he's trained at, like, these high-end tech companies. And he's, like, bragging about all of his stuff, which is kind of cool, right? Like, you just learn from somebody who's taught Steve Jobs and stuff like that. Um, but I'm listening to this, like, management consultant talk and talk and talk. And, and he, he keeps bringing up these things that I've learned at church, right? Like, he's bringing up, like, yeah, you need to be humble in your dealings with people. And it's like, yeah, I got it, right? Like, God taught me that, right? Like, Jesus has taught me, God has taught me in my walk with him how to be excellent outside in the world, right? And I didn't even know it. I just, then this, like, tech guy, it's like, I, I write software. I do that. I don't do the the interpersonal thing at work. So now I'm getting into this place where I have to do the interpersonal thing. And it's like, God has been preparing me through my interactions with humans in church, in the context of church. How to, how to talk to people, how to love people, how to, like, do public speaking, right? Like, I'm not freaking out right now. God, like... God uses the place where he has put you, and sometimes that place is the church, and sometimes that place is a volunteer opportunity. Sometimes that place is just an interaction with your next-door neighbor where he says, you need to go do this now, and you have no idea why. And when you go do that, maybe five years from then, you're sitting in a management training, and you're saying, yeah, my wife taught me how to do that because she's been challenging me in my faith. My small group leader taught me how to do that because he's been pushing me, all of these things, that God teaches us have applications both inside of church and outside of church. And I just want to encourage you that if you're struggling through something, or if God's teaching you something that's very, very difficult, that you don't like it right now, you may not ever use it inside the context of church. You may not use it inside a small group, but you you go to McDonald's, you go to like, you interact with people on a daily basis, and God will use the things that he teaches you in church to, to bring about his kingdom in places where they don't even know his kingdom is coming and then one day there's just me sitting in a training talking about how God is awesome
10: and and there you go the end
3: good
10: morning Uh, my name is Nadine Um, I live in the area and for the past two Sundays I just haven't felt like driving up to the north side to um, attend my home church Um, I'm actually presently looking for a new church to attend uh, so you might see me again Um, But I just felt compelled uh, to come up here um, and hopefully keep this brief. I do have a Baptist background, so somebody hear me. Um, I have a a word of encouragement. Um, Four years ago, um, I was living all over uh, the south suburbs here in the city and things like that. Um, I had lost a job, or more so, um, a job that I would not let go. Um, I was in the restaurant industry and just felt like I owned this place. I've been here. I was very instrumental in building it. Um, And new management came in and just like that, um, no job. So for about, I want to say two and a half, three years, um, I was homeless. I had my car, um, learned how to hang drywall um, and started painting and doing what I had to do just to make ends meet. Um, during that time, I just kept saying, God, what's going on? You know, I was faithful to that company, et cetera, et cetera. And it just got worse. It got worse. Um, Had been in a car accident and um, car had been rebuilt, et cetera, et cetera. So I was owed some money from the company uh, that actually, uh, the taxi cab driver that actually from his company. Car got repossessed during that time. Um, And luckily with God's timing, The payment for the car accident came just in time for me to get the car out of repossession. Um, It's sitting over a couple blocks now paid for. Um, But I wanted to say two things. Number one, I just, I really felt moved when you spoke. And I have a word for you. Whatever's over your feet, over your head is under God's feet. Hang on. I am now teaching um, at a school on the southwest side of the city, Um, and this is the second component to what I wanted to share with you all. Um, I don't know how many teachers are in the room, um, but I'm a music teacher, um, and I love my students. Um, I will... (laughs) I've been quoted several times as saying I will stab you quickly and deeply if you mess with my students. I love my babies. Um, I stand here and let you know that I started working there part-time the first year, poured myself into the job, then received, was um, hired full-time. That same year that I was hired full-time, I was asked to be the fine arts coordinator at the school. Then turned around and I became um, a lead arts liaison for Chicago Public Schools. Um, So I stand here to let you know that, that, I believe that that was a grooming period uh, for me to move into, since I'm so good at building things, God said, okay, go ahead and come here. And build Um, from the perspective of being a teacher and then I'll I'll cut it short um, I do covet your prayers um, as I'm sure every teacher in the room probably can attest to Um, there hasn't been a year that I've been at the school that I teach at that one of my kids hasn't been hurt at the beginning of the school year um, I want to say October-ish there was a young man on TV his name was Javier Um, Javier I know him very well But he was simply walking some girls home, as a gentleman would, and was shot because he refused to join a gang. Um, Prior to that, I had two other students who were on the playground in in the area and that were shot. Um, One in the leg, one um, in a torso somewhere, and thank God they made it. Um, As recent as the 4th of July, um, I'm sure many of you saw on the news that there was a couple that was in a car crash over on Cicero 83rd, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was the parents of one of my students. Um, he was also in the car. Um, I covet your prayers for him. I cover your prayers for my students, especially um, in this area. There just seems to be something over the area to where my kids are getting hurt. Um, bless God, my, my kid is okay. Um, it was the most heartbreaking thing to see him um, a week ago. Um, he had two surgeries, uh, the accident knocked out his teeth, but he is now with no parents. So as we approach getting ready for school, we have, um, safety zones and safe passage and things like that. I would just ask that everyone pray for teachers in the city of Chicago because we too are being, can also possibly have our lives put in jeopardy going to do our jobs, but it's a ministry. It's a ministry. So thank you for listening. Um, but God, whatever's over your head is under God's feet.
11: Could
10: could our
0: prayer team come forward members of our prayer team? I want you to see who they are. I would like one of you to pray for for what she just spoke up.
12: Pray. Father, thank you so much for bringing Nadine up to the stage, Father. Thank you for helping her to share her word with us while she's here. Lord God, I ask that you would watch over um, her as she goes into her job, as she goes to teach the students. Thank you, God, that you've given her this opportunity. Thank you that you've delivered her through a season of drought and dryness, and that you've blessed her with your presence, Father, and the faith that she's, that's kept her strong through all of this, God. And I pray that as she goes into her new world, the world you've made for her, Lord, that she would have clear sight and she would have ears to hear from you, Father. And that she would know that you are moving her and pointing her and making her go in the direction that you want her to go, Father. And I pray, Lord, for the students that she teaches, for all of those young, beautiful people that you've made, Father. I ask for protection on them. I ask, Lord, that the violence would end I ask that there would be a place in that neighborhood, Father, for your spirit and that as every one of the youth and the young people bring out their weapons and bring out their anger and bring out their rage, Lord, that you would squelch it and that you would say to them a true thing that only you can say in their spirit, Father, that you would end the life that they are ending themselves and that you would bring life into them and that it would therefore bring life to the entire neighborhood, Lord. I pray that the church is there and the teachers there and the people who live in that neighborhood, Lord, would pray hard and give that neighborhood, Father, to you. That everyone in the city of Chicago, Father, would pray for it and give it to you, Father, and work diligently for your kingdom. And I pray, Lord, for the Gonzalez family as they are experiencing incredible loss. I pray for this little boy who misses his parents, God. Father, I ask you would wrap him in your arms and that he would walk through this day today, knowing that you are with him that you would bring someone into his life that would know and speak truth to him that you are close and that you love him and that his parents are not forgotten his parents have not been abandoned and that their loss will stay with that child but that loss will make him into a man that will serve you God and love you So I pray for him, and I pray for the entire family, that you would give them peace, help them to mourn, help them to walk through the pain, and to look to you for their strength, Father. In your beautiful name, we pray these things. Amen. Thank you.
11: Good morning. Uh, My name is Carlton. Most of you know who I am, but uh, maybe not know me personally, I think probably feel like you know me because he's the guy who leads worship and plays the keys at church but um yeah i'm carlton um the last year has been uh one hell of a year if i can be honest and say that uh, some of you know that uh father's day of last year uh i buried my grandmother who was probably the single most greatest force in my life and then uh Shortly after that, I uh, agree the loss of a, a very personal relationship shortly thereafter. and then Father's Day of this year, my grandfather passed away. And I have to tell you that sometimes, just to get out of bed in the morning, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. Uh, There's a portion of scripture that says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And, uh, And sometimes I really would have to call the name of Jesus and continue to say it over and over and over and over and over and over just to get out of bed sometimes. And I think that when people see you, And they perceive you to be one way. And they have absolutely no idea the hell that you're going through. Uh, I just want to say that God is a sustainer. And that he will will keep you. He will keep you in, in such a way, the Bible says, in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on him. You know, I thank God for the worship team ministry who has undergirded me in such a way. Uh, The guys in my small group who has lifted me up countless times. You know, some people personally who I've shared some of this stuff with. You know, I'm not one to talk a whole lot. Um, In fact, I'm kind of like Darius. I don't care for public speaking at all, really. Um, And so I don't share uh, unless God says to share. And, uh, you know, I will encourage you all to um, pray for your leaders, you know, your pastor, your small group leaders, your worship leaders, um, because I do believe that the enemy tries to hit those the hardest. He tries to Attack the top and work his way down. But God is victorious always, and he will keep you. And so just remember that God is a keeper and he is a sustainer. And let's continue to pray for one another. Thank you.
13: Good morning, church. My name is Arielle. I'm going to try to get through this without crying too much. Um, About three years ago, I suddenly and tragically lost my fiancé and my best friend. Um, And it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through in my life. Um, On that same day, my dad was rushed to the hospital. He is still alive. Um... I was finishing grad school. Um, All my family is in D.C. um, and I had just accepted a job to stay here in Chicago so that we could stay here together. Um, And I went through probably about six months just going through the motions, like having no real questioning the meaning of life. What was I doing? Um, Probably about 80% of my friends from grad school had left and I felt very alone, and there was a day, um, my I had a condo in D.C., and in between, like between being in school, I lost my renter. My place was about to be foreclosed, and it just felt like every single thing in life was coming down on me. And I remember there was a day I finally, um, I had always grown up with God and been in the church, but I definitely hadn't been taking. My relationship with God and church that seriously and there was finally one day where I felt like um, I was going to break because I hadn't really processed what was happening and I finally just got down on my knees and I said God whatever it takes whatever you want just help me And because I can't uh, I can't handle this and I can't do this on my own anymore and I felt like in that moment God said just follow me and I would call I will show you the way." And literally from that day, um, I actually switched jobs and ended up in a job that's like the best job I've ever had, that I loved. Um, I was able to find a place to stay that I could afford, um, that allowed me to walk to work. Um, And then God just really, he brought me a new community. He brought me a community of people. I found other friends who I've become really close with over the last few years. and I've just seen the relationship that I had with God just grow tremendously. Um, and even as all those things happened, I mean, my, my condo, they ended up just taking off all the debt. I didn't have to pay anything. I've been now debt-free. Um, and I feel like God has just continued to bless me. And for a long time, I believe, I was like, well, God, I've always thought of you as a provider. But I still had a lot of challenges trusting God. I, I still didn't understand why he would take this person away from me. Um, And I would say over the last few years, I've just gotten much more in his word and praying and going to small group. And I've just seen the nurturing and the loving side of God. Um, And my relationship with him has just blossomed in a way that it hasn't been since I was probably a teenager. Um, So it's just been amazing to me to see him bring goodness out of something that was so horrible and even though it's still tough for me at times obviously um god he's an amazing god and he will always come through um and i just thank him for even the times when i've been unsure and i've doubted him and i've questioned he's always showed me a way he's always guided me he's led me to scripture he's shown me things he's He's opened doors, and he's closed doors. Um, and so I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to be here, um, to have found this church in, a, in a, a church that I think truly helps me understand the gospel and grow into it in a way that maybe I didn't my entire life that's been very spiritually centered. Um, so I just wanted to uh, say that testimony, and it's been on my heart for a while.)
14: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, it's just a huge blessing to have um, a woman like Ariel in our church, in our small group, willing to share these things with us um, because it's really hard on her, but at the same time, these experiences she's had, it brings so much wisdom to the rest of us, and we can all attest to that in our small group at how she's our wise leader who comes and has so much composure even when she talks about these things and just brings us so much wisdom, Lord. And I, it, it's just a huge blessing to see how you can work in the hardest times in people's lives and not only to help Ariel um, grow through these things, but also help the others around her, like, these, like us in our small group, Lord. And again, we're just super encouraged that um, you have people like this um, blessing us in our lives, and I pray that you will just continue encouraging her um, as she grows in her church. In Jesus' name.
15: Hello, church. My name is Ria, and I just want to share about what you do at work. You never know how that will drastically affect somebody else's life. So I'm a chiropractor, and I just want to share a story of one of my patients. So she's 26. She came to me for low back pain. And one of the first questions she asked is, can chiropractic help with me conceiving? And apparently, she has been trying for a baby with her husband for three years. She's 26, so she should be fertile. But she's just not conceiving. So I'm like, I don't know. You know, we'll take care of you, and we'll see how that goes. After the fifth adjustment, she started menstruating regularly. And that was really exciting for her, because she's typically menstruating like three times a year. And then after intensive care, and then so after the 20th adjustment, she actually called me and told me that she's pregnant. And obviously she's excited, and I am too. And it's not me, it's not her. It's God's hand through what I do into her body that helped her to get pregnant. And the point of this is just that Sometimes we get up in the morning, we don't really feel like going to work. It's a beautiful day out there. I'd rather be out there doing other things. But you never know, really. You never know. You could be a teacher. You could be an IT guy. You could be a musician. You never know what you do might truly affect somebody else's life for, for the better. So that's all I've got to say.
0: So we're going to close this time Let's remember why we do this. To hear and to remember. So my question is, do you remember? Do you remember what God has done? Did you hear the testimonies today? Somewhere of struggle, somewhere of joy. And as a body, we share with each other. We share in the pain. We share in the joy. But my question is, do you remember God? We sang a song that I will search for you. Are you searching? Or maybe it's difficult. Is it difficult to search? Some of shared share painful situations. And maybe it's hard for you to see where God is. It maybe it's hard to remember that even though it's stormy, It's windy outside, that the sun is still shining. Do you remember? Worship team, will you please come? Worship team. So we're going to respond, but I want to take a few minutes and I want to reflect on what we heard. Now, it might speak to your situation. Or maybe God might call you to pray for someone that spoke today. Or rejoice with someone who rejoiced today. I don't know where you are in your life, in your situation. But did you hear? Are you listening? Are you searching for God? So take just a few moments. I want you to reflect on everything that was spoken today.